You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. We'll give you our locks of the day slash evening. We'll tee up the Flames and Blues down at the Dome tonight. But right now, he is the producer of the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. You hear him on the fan checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's been a minute, pal. Matt Marchese, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good. Um, are you are you are you still in mourning? Like uh, for, for for our listeners who don't know, you're a diehard Bills fan. Are you are you still eating the loss? Are you still digesting it? Has the anger and bitter disappointment left you yet, or you just know it was a fait accompli that he was going to hook that field goal at the end? Well, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of not over it, but I'm past the morning stage. Like the next more, I actually I got home. I was watching the game uh, with my dad and my brother, and I drove home and like had all the songs come on, and I did not put on a playlist. I was literally listening to the radio. And like closing time came on, and that's 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 all by Genesis. I'm like, this is way too on the nose here. And <laughs> I I got home, and my wife says to me, "Are you okay?" And I went, "I'm not." I legitimately felt like a, a a family member had died. That's how bad that loss was in my brain. And somebody asked me, they're like, "Well, isn't that like being a Leafs fan?" I was like, "No." And here's the difference. I can see the Buffalo Bills winning. I can never see the Toronto Maple Leafs winning. So this one, this one stung a lot more than any Leaf loss that I've seen in the last 15 years. I just, as a fan, I should just, you know, kind of come to grips with the fact that it's probably never going to happen in my lifetime, and I will just cheer for a loser forever. Um, and that's me feeling like that. I can't imagine what it was like for someone in the city of Buffalo where literally – they eat, breathe, and bleed Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and losses. Um, how tough is it to be a fan of Stefan Diggs right now? Boy, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to somebody this morning about it, and I wonder if there's I, – I know I know what you're saying, and I believe me, I, I get it. I wonder if there's an injury there because that second-half drop-off that we saw statistically from him – is like unprecedented for a guy like Stefan Diggs. How do you go from being that elite to a guy that you can't trust with the ball in his hands and you can't trust him to make, you know, a big time catch when you need it. Stefan Diggs two years ago makes that catch and we may not be having the same conversation as we are now. Um, the biggest issue is that there's a, a cap implication here and he's going to make $31 million against the cap next year. Like that's a problem with the situation they're in. I think they're like $43 million over the cap. We also know that the cap is a figment of our imagination in the NFL. It doesn't really sure. exist. It's kind of like, I'm, I don't know if you have kid listeners, so I'm not going to say it. But, um, yeah, it's really tough right now because it's a guy that <laughs> you lean on to be elite. And when you look on the other side of the field, Travis Kelsey didn't have a Travis Kelsey-type year, but he caught, you know, I think it was six balls or five balls for 75 yards, whatever it was, and two touchdowns. He came to play in that game. That's what you needed from Stephon Diggs, and you didn't get it. Um, wanted to ask you about Josh Allen. At some point, if you want to be considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league, 
don't you have to beat your rival sometimes? Like, what, they call it a rivalry if one side can actually beat the other, but this really isn't a rivalry. Yeah, I get the Bills have won these games in the regular season, but that's meaningless, Matt, because nobody remembers that stuff. It's what they do in the playoffs. He has yet to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. It's not a rivalry until you can get a win, and if this guy is supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks Don't you eventually have to just beat that guy once? And I know football's the ultimate team game, and I know he can't throw and catch the same ball in the words of Giselle in that whole Stephon Diggs thing. But don't you have to beat that guy eventually if you want to be considered one of the elite guys? Oh, no question. And I look at it. I look at it this way. I it's kind of like the Brady Manning thing in the first few years of their careers. Like when they really started, their team started to get better and they were meeting in the playoffs. That's what it kind of feels like right now. And it is very one-sided, but in the same breath, I, I, you know me, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. So I'm going to sound like an apologist right now, but I'm, I'm trying not to be because Josh Allen is not without blame in that game. He could have thrown the ball to Stefan Diggs five yards down the field they could have managed the clock a little bit better, and maybe they score. Also, it opens up the playbook completely when you've got two timeouts left in that much time. Like, you can really do some things. So he's not without blame. But when you look at what this guy has done against the Chiefs in the playoffs, his defense hasn't done anything. In the three games that they've played, the defense has not committed one turnover. Okay, there, there has not been one turnover, one interception from Patrick Mahomes in that game. They have not forced a Patrick Mahomes turnover. And so you look at, I think the Chiefs in the three playoff games have averaged 36 points a game against the Bills. Josh Allen has been as good as you can be against an opposing team in the playoffs, and he's 0-3. It feels like every year when the Bills play the Chiefs, there's always something with the roster that isn't good enough. You know, in the first year, he had nobody to throw to, and, and, and it didn't work out. In the, in the second year, um, they had guys to throw to, and he had one of the greatest playoff games you've ever seen, but they couldn't run the ball, and their defense couldn't stop anybody. Then you look at this year, their defense couldn't stop anybody, and he had no one to throw to again. It feels like every time there's something, and I know people say, well, the quarterback's got to step up. I don't know that Josh Allen could have done much more than what he did. Um, was he conservative? Maybe a little bit, but that's what the play calling suggested. And he was a beast on his feet. I, I think that this roster needs some rejigging. And I also think that they may need to look at a head coaching change because sometimes, you know, a coach can get you to a certain point and can't get you over that hump. I wonder if we're there with Sean McDermott. Oh, okay. So that leads me to my next question. I talked about this to kick off the show. Is it Bill Belichick time? Should it be Bill Belichick time? And what a heel turn that would be. People in Buffalo, a guy who has been like their nemesis, their nightmare, that hoodie just beating up on the Bills for years and years and years. And then that guy ends up as their head coach. But Matt, he's a free agent. And I I, I know this. If Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, they have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than they do with Sean McDermott. It's funny that you say that because I did mention it on the show yesterday and I I thought about it driving home from the game, from watching the game, and I was like, you know what? I wasn't on the Bill Belichick to Buffalo train, but I'm on it now. And the reason is, like, Bill Belichick can go roll his Super Bowl rings on the table and be like, you guys want these? This is how you're going to do it. 
And I think there are pieces. Here's the one thing of all the jobs that are available. Maybe the Atlanta job is attractive. Maybe the Charger job is attractive. But what both of those teams, and I'm, I'm putting Justin Herbert in this conversation as well, they do not have the same quarterback as the Buffalo Bills do. There, it, there are players on this team that are really good players. I think Bill Belichick, with some of the pieces on defense that they have, could do marvels with this defense. And Bill Belichick is one of the best adjusters and one of the best defensive coaches that we've seen. And I think that he would be the perfect fit. That's a really easy thing for me to say because he's arguably the greatest coach of all time. He's available. And I, I do wonder, you know, we had Joe Biscaglia from The Athletic on the show a few months ago. It was before the Thursday nighter against the Bucks, And I talked about the idea of Sean McDermott not being the head coach. And he said they want some consistency going into when they, this new uh, facility is built, this new stadium is built. And my thing is, Bill Belichick would provide a lot of stability if he were to go into that situation. Not only that, but Bill Belichick is also chasing Don Shula for the all-time wins record. Do you think he has a better chance to do it with the Bills than he does with maybe the Falcons or the Chargers, considering the situations that they're in or the division that they're in? Less so the Falcons. But I think that Bill Belichick would be open to this. He stays on the East Coast. I mean, it is Buffalo as opposed to Atlanta. The weather's a little bit different. But I do wonder about that. And you're right. It would be the greatest heel turn ever. We're talking Hogan NWO heel turn against the <laughs> Patriots fan. And I, I would love the idea of Bill Belichick in Buffalo just because, frankly, George, I'm so sick and tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. And they do need to bring someone in that can get them over the hump. Because I'm, I'm not sure Sean McDermott's that guy. I agree with you. Just pulls off the ratty Patriots hoodie and reveals a ratty already, <laughs> surprisingly, Bills yeah. hoodie as well. Uh, what, what? With no sleeves. Yeah, by, exactly. My God, he's wearing a Bills hoodie. Oh, my God. That's Bills music. It's just silence. Uh, um, I wanted to ask you about Dan Campbell. Did you think back when we saw that press conference in January of 2021, followed by a 116 and one start as a head coach, of the Detroit Lions, that he would be able to get to this point in this, the 2023 season? No, I didn't. But also, I, I think that's an indictment on myself and not, you know, judging the book by its cover or judging the coach based on their opening press conference. Dan, the one thing that we've learned from Dan Campbell is he's a leader and his players respect him. And I think that that goes a long way. When you respect your coach, you want to play for him. And if there was anyone that embodies the city of Detroit better than Dan Campbell, I can't find him. And Dan Campbell's not a Detroit guy. Dan Campbell's a Texas guy. Dan Campbell is football through and through. He's a football guy. And he's blue-collar like the city in which he coaches. And the team has taken on that identity. Their, their, their hashtag on, on X, Twitter, whatever the hell we're calling it today, that app um, is all grit. And that is exactly what I think of when I think of the Detroit Lions right now. Do they have some flashy players? Absolutely they do. But they've got guys that get the job done too. They've got the guys that nobody wanted. The Jared Goffs, Amon Ross St. Brown. Remember, nobody wanted him. He's got the list of guys that were drafted ahead of him. They've got the hometown kid in Aiden Hutchinson that they, they were able to get in the draft that has been everything that they've wanted and more. Um, so I, I love... Dan Campbell, because 
he looks like a guy that allows his staff to be themselves. There's a story about Kelvin Shepard where he was going for an interview and he said, and Kelvin Shepard said, should I cut my hair? You know, because whatever. He says, don't you dare do that because that's not who you are. Your hair is part of who you are. It's, you know, it's whatever. And, and I, to me, that means something that under Dan Campbell, you're allowed to be who you are. And I think that the team has taken on that identity and they've translated that onto the, the field with their play. I think the Detroit Lions are the best story in football right now. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of easy to say based on the teams that are there because, you know, a lot of people thought the Chiefs and, and maybe the Ravens would be there and certainly the Niners. I don't think a lot of people thought the Detroit Lions were going to be there. And, and I'm really happy for this story. I'm happy for Dan Campbell because, and you guys probably agree with me on this, if there's ever a coach that you want to have a beer with, it's probably Dan Campbell. Hmm. Like he's the every man's football guy, in my opinion. And that's why I think he's so loved. Like We've seen him cry in press conferences for his players. I mean, some people would think that that's a little bit over the top, but to me, that just shows how much he cares about his guys and this team. And that's why I think it's been the perfect marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm openly rooting for the Detroit Lions right now. It's funny because you look at the four remaining head coaches, right? You got Dan Campbell, who is kind of in his own group, and then it's Shanahan, it's Reed, and it's Harbaugh. And you look at the, the coaches that are available right now to be hired. You got a Harbaugh, you got Bill Belichick, and you also have Mike Vrabel. And I wonder what the demand for Vrabel is when you watch the success that a guy like Dan Campbell has had because I – I would say that there are some similarities that could be drawn between Dan Campbell and Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Vrabel's such an interesting one because for the first week or so after he was fired, we didn't hear of Mike Vrabel interviewing here or Mike Vrabel interviewing there. I don't know if he was taking time. I don't know if the last few years, or last couple of years, sorry, in Tennessee kind of soured people on Mike Vrabel a little bit. But I also say, like, look at the roster that Mike Vrabel had. It was garbage. It was not good. That's why the team was bad. They didn't have a good quarterback. That usually helps when you do. Um, So I I do think that the interest is kind of picked up. And it really – the only thing is, is he kind of feels like the secondary option for a lot of teams. Like if I was Washington and you want a guy that's going to go in and set the tone with a younger group of players, I'd be looking at bringing Mike Rabel in. Um, Same thing with the Atlanta Falcons, although they seem to be very gung-ho on Belichick, which I also understand. But to me, Vrabel is, is a guy that kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. He's not afraid to say things. And I think, he's, I think he's a good motivator. I think he just hasn't had a ton of talent. Even when they won, when they, were the, they, they had the AFC crown for the regular season that one year, I think a lot of people looked at the Titans and said, well, that team isn't that good. Like, they have a really good run game in Derrick Henry. Their defense is pretty good. It's kind of a no-name defense. And they have DeAndre Hopkins. But they also have Ryan Tannehill hawking the ball around the field. And he's not very good. So I think that teams get a little bit too caught up in what's happened. You know, the recency bias. But with Mike Brabel, I think there's more there. Like, give him a good roster and see what he does. With it. Or give him a young roster that he can build and then see what he does with it. That's why I was kind of surprised. Like, even the Carolina Panthers. Although, I mean, I don't know that I would want to go work for that maniac of an owner. But... I look at it and say, like, Mike Vrabel would fit in a lot of spots. I was just really interested in why there wasn't as, as many interviews early on. But that seems like it's picked up. Mike Vrabel should be at the top of a lot of teams' lists. 
Matt Marchese is the host of the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. He's also the producer of the Jeff Merrick Show. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Ravens and Chiefs, super sexy, uh, super awesome matchup. Uh, again, Josh Allen couldn't slay the dragon that is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Lamar Jackson now two playoff wins. What does this game mean for Lamar Jackson if he can get over this Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs hump? Oh, it's massive. Lamar getting to a Super Bowl when, you know, the conversation about Lamar Jackson for the longest time was, well, he's not a great passer of the football. Well, his completion percentage would indicate something different over the course of his career, especially the last three years. But then there was the conversation of, well, what can Lamar do with weapons? Well, they got Zay Flowers, and they've done pretty well considering that Rashad Bateman had a case of the drops. Odell Beckham Jr. really didn't show up until the second half of the season. And even that showing up is, you know, that's a very loose way for me to put it. Um, Isaiah Likely's looked good. The addition that was the most important for Lamar Jackson was Todd Munkin. And now you're at a point where you look at this offense and say, well, they can beat you in multiple ways where before it was just like, yeah, they'll run the football. Lamar may be able to throw a couple touchdowns, but it's going to be Lamar and his legs only that is going to be the key differentiator from winning and losing. And I don't see that now. I see a team that if they need to, they can throw the ball and be successful. If they want to, they will run the ball and be successful with whether it's Gus Edwards or Justice Hill or uh, apparently Dalvin Cook um, and Lamar Jackson, of course, as well. The key for, for me with Lamar is he has everything to lose in this game. Patrick Mahomes has nothing to lose. Because the narrative is, if Patrick Mahomes loses, well, look at the receiving core he had, and they weren't very good. If he wins, it's, oh, my God, look what he did with this receiving core. So Patrick Mahomes can't lose here. Lamar Jackson has everything to lose here, much like Josh Allen did in the divisional game on Sunday. He had everything to lose. Patrick Mahomes had nothing to lose. The Ravens have no excuses. They're at home. Their defense is healthy, which is something that you couldn't say about the Bills. I look at the spread. At last check, I saw it was two and a half in favor of the Ravens. I think that that number is too low. I would have it probably closer to four and a half or five and a half because I think that the Ravens really take it to them. Their defense is good. Their offense is firing on all cylinders. Lamar looks like the MVP that, you know, we all think he's going to win. But he has everything to lose in this game. And so, you know, does Patrick Mahomes – Play another quarterback. I mean, I don't throw anything past Patrick Mahomes, but I think the way Lamar is playing with the offense, the way it's going, and the defense is just so good and so tough. um, I think Lamar gets to that Super Bowl, and whoever they play, I mean, (laughs) they've done some pretty good things against both teams this year. So, I mean, it looks good for the Ravens. It looks good for Lamar Jackson. And if he doesn't win, we're going to be having similar conversations like we do about Josh Allen. Who had a better performance this past weekend, Jason or Travis Kelsey? <laughs> um, I would love to say Jason Kelsey because Travis Kelsey killed the Bills. Although Jason Kelsey killed the Bills fan base. So, I mean, it's <laughs> six of one, half dozen of another. Um, both guys are so great for the game. And, you know, you listen to their podcast and how open they are and the things that they talk about and, Like, to me, Jason Kelsey is one of the great characters of the game 
but he's also not a sideshow. Like he performs on the field as well and off the field. I mean, look what he did this past weekend uh, in Buffalo, but I think both are great for the game. You talk about Travis Kelsey and not having a great year, but showing up in big moments when it matters. Like those are what the great players do. That's why he's one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I'm really curious, though. I think we all think that Jason Kelsey's going to retire. He said that he hasn't officially retired, even though there was talk about things he said in the locker room to the Eagles players. I wonder about Travis Kelsey as well. I do wonder because I think he's been hurt all year. He's been bothered by a nagging ankle injury that, he, that happened early in the year. I think that's been a problem. He's talked openly about the beating that his body has taken. He's already a Hall of Famer. If he wins another Super Bowl or he doesn't, he's accomplished everything that you can. And by the way, he's got a billionaire girlfriend. Why does he need to play football anymore? Um, So I'm really curious to see what the future for both of those guys holds. But if they want to, they have jobs in media waiting for them. Like, you know that these broadcasters have contracts in their drawers just waiting for those guys to retire to say, how much and when can you start? Can Brock Purdy make enough throws for the Niners to beat the Lions on Sunday? And that's one thing I don't think is being talked enough about. He was bad in that game, Matty. And I think the Niners were lucky because he was missing guys who were wide open. Kyle Shanahan does an incredible job of just scheming guys wide open. And I think Brock Purdy was bad. Maybe it was the rain. Maybe it was the wet football. I don't know. But I think the Niners got away with a terrible performance by their quarterback. Uh, are you guys fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've seen a few episodes. Yes, love it. Okay, okay. So for for Maddie, I don't know if George if you had even seen this guy, but Charlie's uncle is the lawyer, and he talks about the fact that he has small hands, and he goes out and gets these big hands so people yeah. notice his big hands. Right. That is <laughs> the Brock Purdy problem. <laughs> hmm. and, and if George, if you haven't seen it, Maddie, please pull up a picture of what I'm talking about so George can understand and he can laugh along with you. But that's the Brock Purdy problem. And I know people laugh about this, and we all joke about it at the combine. Well, his hands are are too small. The weather was horrible for a quarterback. And if your hands are too small, you have a hard time gripping the ball. And that's the problem that he had. Look at the other really bad game that Brock Purdy had. It was against the Browns. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, well, you know, the Browns defense this and the Browns. Yes, the Browns defense was good at home. But also, the weather was horrible. If the weather is fine and not an issue in San Francisco this weekend, Brock Purdy will be able to make throws. If it's raining and you've got monsoon-type water coming down on you, Brock Purdy's not going to be able to throw the ball. And that's something that we've seen. I never thought about it until I saw it. I'm like, yeah, Brock Purdy's hands are really small. Like, that's why they talk about it in the combine. I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. Now I look at it and go, aha, these guys aren't so stupid after all. That's why they have jobs in football. Um, I think that they can. Honestly, George, I think the biggest thing for the, the Niners is not going to be able, is, is not going to be Brock Purdy being able to make throws. It's going to be if Debo Samuel is on the field. Because when he's on the field, that offense is entirely different. When they're lining up Jawan Jennings in the backfield, you're like, ha, that's not going to work. It uh, does with Debo Samuel, though. So, apparently there's a 50-50 shot if he's going to play. It doesn't sound like the injury is major to his shoulder. But I think that's the biggest storyline for the Niners going in. If Debo Samuel is playing, the Niners very much have a, the best shot to win this game. If he is not playing, I really doubt 
what they can do on offense because, I mean, Brandon Ayuk didn't have a great game um, against the Packers. When Debo is out, you know, Brandon Ayuk is obviously better, but the offense as a whole is not better. It's more dynamic with Debo there. You can do more things because he's that wide back. You can use him in the backfield. You can use him out wide. You can use him in the slot everywhere, right? So if he's not playing, that's the bigger issue for me than Brock Purdy's hand size in the weather. Old Uncle Jack and his handsy hands. Uh, i got to <laughs> ask you about the uh, Maple Leafs as well. What do you make of this Ryan Reef story about him not being injured but being on injured reserve and, you know, fine for a couple of weeks as uh, his chat with Luke Fox at uh, HitSportsNet.ca a little earlier this week? Uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying if you're the Leafs. And <laughs> nobody nobody liked that contract when it was signed. Um, we saw that, you know, Ryan Reeves struggled to keep the puck out of it, or at least his line struggled to keep the puck out of their net when they were on the ice. And the fourth line's been better when he hasn't been there. Do I think that Ryan Reeves should play a little bit to keep teams honest once in a while? Sure. But is that the be-all, end-all? No. Um, the Leafs have done this before. This is nothing new. Find a loophole and we're going to exploit it. Um, find a guy to put on Robida Island and we're going to do it. You know, there's a, a list of them, the Joffrey loopholes. The guy they named it after, Stefan Robida. Um, you could talk about uh, Matt Murray. Like, we could go down Klingberg. the list. We've been doing this for years. John Klingberg, yes. Hip surgery, done. Uh, $4 million. Hello, cap space. This was never going to be a contract that was going to age well. I didn't think it was going to take you know, this little time to not age well, but here we are. And so I'm fine with players speaking out, um, but here's the other thing too. Play better. Like, you're a professional. Play better. I know you have a contract. You're still getting paid. If you want to be on the ice, just be a better hockey player. I've never understood the guys that complain about, you know, ice time or this or that. There's obviously a reason why you're not playing. And the Leafs aren't in a position right now. It's not like they're running away with the Atlantic division. They need every point that they can get. And they're going to field the best roster as they possibly can under the constraints of the cap. If that means finding a loophole to put somebody that's kind of an anchor when they're on the ice, on the IR, or in the stands, guess what? They're going to do it because at the end of the day, it's a business. And if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you don't make the playoffs, that's not good business for you. So... I'm fine with what Ryan Reeves said. I'm also fine with what the Leafs do because that's within the rules of the salary cap of the game, any way you want to put it. And I mean, I like players making as much money as humanly possible. So I'm very much a player's guy, but I also see the other side of it. And winning does a lot for your organization. It does a lot for your business. It does a lot for a lot of things. Um, and if you're a player that's not performing, and I know he has a specific role and you don't expect him to score 20 goals. But if you're not playing well on the ice, you don't deserve to be there. That's just the fact. Um, what are the chances that Brad Tree Living holds on to his first round pick? Oh, boy. I think it's actually higher than 50 50. Hmm. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't, I think they may look at this team and go, we're just not good enough right now. There's just too many holes. The defense isn't good enough. The goaltending without Joseph Wall is very suspect at times. And, like, can you go out and replace three defensemen at the trade deadline? You can try, but I don't think they have the assets to do it. And I don't think, I don't think they want to give up guys like Fraser Minton and, and Easton Cowan. Like, I, I don't think that is part of the conversation here with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't think that they want to give up a first-round pick because I don't know that – 
they look at this team and go, we're two guys away from winning a Stanley Cup. I look at the team and I say, you're four guys away from winning a Stanley Cup. And three of them are at a prime position that costs a fortune at the deadline, and that's defense. The other one, which probably costs you a fortune, is goaltending. So I, I don't see the scenario in which they think they can fix this problem because I know everybody wants to fire the coach, look at the defense, and you tell me that that's a playoff defense, and I'll tell you you're a liar. So I don't think it's on the coach. And Sheldon Keith just signed an extension. Like Elliot Friedman said with me last week when I was hosting for Merrick, it would be a failure of the organization if they fire Sheldon Keith this soon into an extension. So I don't see that happening. So I, I, don't, I, I think that it's probably like 70-30 that they hold on to their first-round pick rather wow. than deal it. Yeah, but at the same time, the Leafs don't care. If they got to fire a coach, they will, and they'll just pay him out. Look at the whole Babcock thing. Oh, 100%. They owe him millions I, I, I don't agree. Millions I disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it, it depends on – and just real quick, too. Where does Brendan Shanahan work in all of this? Oh, boy. Well, I was very critical of Brendan Shanahan at the end of the season last year, and for good reason. Uh, but I do wonder if this thing goes south again. Like, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, oh Brad Living's keeping his job. That, there's no question. But they're going to they're gonna have to have a long, long look at the structure of the organization and how things are done. Because let's not forget, uh, Larry Tannenbaum was the guy that brought Brendan Shanahan in. Let's not forget that. Just, just keep that in mind if this team does not make the playoffs. Matt Marchese, he is the host of the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. He's the producer of the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network on the Atlas Pizza and Sportsbook Guest Hotline. Matty, always a pleasure. Enjoy the games this weekend, pal. Thanks. Thanks, fellas. You guys, too. There he goes. Um, Tariq going to hold on to his first round pick. What? I've like, that was what we talked about. What last week was it Patty that mm-hmm. they, there was a drop of Elliot, I think saying, yeah, Minton. No. Yeah. No, like Cowan. tree doesn't want to send out any of the top prospects. Like don't want to move out. Nice. Don't want to move out. They need to do surgery in the off season. Mm, Big but, time. I think it's more of the fact that they just need John Tavares's contract to expire. And then yeah, but that's, and then they're told, we'll but go, that's we'll so long from well, now. Well, it's just one more season. But when they you can't talk go another about, year like when this. you talk about their window, I know what you mean. But <laughs> they can't go another. But is year their window like really closing? They have all of those guys under contract who are all in their primes. But it's not like Matthew signed like an eight-year deal. Yeah, if he's, he's only, like he's only two years away from hitting <laughs> yeah. free agency again. But. You've got Nylander. right? Ne- no, ne- and and Marner Marner's needs deal. a contract yeah. before that, right? <laughs> and you need. Eventually, you're going to have to spend on some freaking defensemen. <laughs> Morgan no. Riley. Eventually, wow. you're going to have to yeah. invest more than like $18 million in your blue line. No kidding. Uh, they're, they're, they're banking on two things. The Tavares contract expiring and the salary cap to go up. And until then, they're pretty much pooched. That's what it is. Ugh. It's, they're, Ugh. they're a team that has salary cap problems without the banner. And here's the thing: the That's Atlantic Division, is. the Atlantic Division, actually open this year. I know Boston's still doing their thing, but we saw what happened to them in the playoffs last year. So uh, Tampa is fighting for a playoff spot right now, like Charlie Coyle and like the Pavel Panthers. Zaka. The like, Panthers are well. I don't know. I'm not going to diss on the Bruins no. Well, they're having they're, an incredible season, but I'm just saying right now. Right. I know what you mean, but that's another team that you know. Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka have both turned into really good players that are exceeding expectations. But it also helps when you're Charlie Coyle and you're playing with 
Possibly. Marshan and Pasternak. They're not good on home ice. The Leafs aren't a good team on home ice. No, they never have. Been. <laughs> I also think it's better if they go on the road in the playoffs. Yep. I think it would be best if they were a wild card team and they never got to host a playoff series because <laughs> that yeah. crowd, they don't play well in front of them because that crowd almost feels like it wants them to fail sometimes. Mm. Watching the games from, you know, a million miles away on this side of the country, of course. Uh, and they also flooded to the streets after a first-round playoff series mm. win. Mm-hmm. So that's how starved they are. Um, good luck to them. Um, and I think that's fascinating that good he luck might to hold tree. on. Yeah, good luck to Tree. Um, straight ahead, we'll tee up this Blues and Flames game. We'll give you some numbers. And then we'll do our lock of the day slash evening. We'll do that next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We'll wrap up today's edition of the program with our locks of the day, courtesy of our friends at Metal Supermarkets Calgary. Oh, we didn't have we determined a bet? We should determine a bet between the four of us. Like just until like we run it until it should this. be like a monthly thing. A monthly yeah, thing. Yeah, a monthly okay. thing. Like the leader for January. Okay, well sh- poem bet. Okay. Poem another poem? <laughs> wow, okay. The three guys have to write a poem bet about the other one. <laughs> yeah. And we have to do it together about, so that the lines, breakfast? the lines go like one at a time. <laughs> That's not fun. We'll do that it. Doesn't help our listeners. We'll do it out. like the guys in Fat Lip, where they take turns saying a line. Okay. Write it all together. All right. In uniform. Like... Okay. Yeah. Done. GVP, are you in for that? Sure. Sounds good. Or well, maybe we can do like. Even a... if you said no, it wouldn't really. Yeah, matter. it doesn't matter. I, I probably thought that you. was going to happen. Yeah, do like okay. a cover of a song, sure. and we could change all the lyrics to talk about the person. Oh. And put the music underneath. All this, all this sounds like myfrontpagestory.com. <laughs> you have to buy somebody at you know, myfrontpage.com. You know, if I, that, if I had to get a gift, good. but I didn't want to leave the house. Yeah. Buy the winner of myfrontpagestory.com, yeah. and you got to read it on air? Yeah. You know what? No, not buy the winner. How about this? Uh, the guy with the worst record has to write the myfrontpagestory.com about the person with the best record. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. And then the two other guys are just... You know, you you missed out. Yeah. You don't get to participate. Yeah. That's too bad. So there it is. That's what we're doing for January. There you go. Lock of the day. The worst record has to write the myfrontpagestory.com about the person with the best record. Like it. There you okay. go. Okay. All right. And what's the standings after day one? Uh, George, you're 1-0. I'm 1-0. Maddie's 0-1. GVP's 0-1. Okay. Damn All right. <laughs> I'm not excited. I, my picks are not nearly as good as when it is football. And you just hammer the under. <laughs> 30 games over 500, so whatever. Um, Flames and Blues tonight uh, down at Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Um, the last time they played, ugh, it was mm-hmm. a terrible game where the Flames lost 3 nothing. One of the worst October. games of the season. Yep. Just horrible hockey. Yep. It was a bad, bad game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what's going to be bad tonight? Probably the power play. Um, this is the fourth and fist, uh, fifth fist, <laughs> easy, George, the fourth and fifth lowest power play percentage in the NHL. Um, they're both at 13.8%. Yeah. Who's wow. got the worst power play in the NHL? The worst is the capital still? No. It was at like 6% the first half you know? of the year. Did you just look? No. Chicago, the oh, worst. That makes sense. Mm. You know who's got the second worst power play in the NHL as per percentage wise? Capitals? Nope. I don't know. Pittsburgh. Mm. <laughs> How's that Eric Carlson deal working out? Yeah, real good. He's Where's the, the guy who's, who's tweeting us about plus minus about Eric Carlson? 
Um, I'm not going to say it, but... Uh, One-goal games for the St. Louis Blues. Do you know that they're the NHL's best team in one-goal games? They're 8-1-2. and two. Really? Yeah, but they've had the second-fewest one-goal games in the NHL. Okay. So but they're, they're the best one-goal team in the NHL. When we're there, you look out. Their winning percentage is 8-18 in one-goal games. Damn. I never... Um, That's crazy. I always find one-goal games hard to read into because like, I also think that you should count a two-goal games with an empty netter as a one-goal game. Mm-hmm. So how about that? Uh, do you know who the second-worst team is trailing after the first period? It's the, it's blues. the Blues. Yeah. Okay. You know who the worst is? Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks. The Sharks. The Sabres, three. Ducks, four. Blackhawks, five. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> that really tracks. A lot of teams trailing there, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, have that, hard times pulling themselves out of it. Um, yep, that really tracks. Um, you know who's been good who's since that? the new year in 2024? Who's this? Uh, Jordan Bennington. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, he has been. yeah. He's four one and one with a one ninety eight goals against For and a nine thirty two save percentage and one <laughs> shutout through six starts. He ranks fifth in points percentage when he starts, fifth in goals against, seventh in save percentage. Yeah, he's having a real nice turnaround here, which um, I guess that's good for him. Uh, you want to hear some uh, miles? The Blues to- overall have not played very good since coming out of the break, but he's got some tidy numbers. You want to hear some uh, Blues upcoming milestones? Yeah, sure. Oscar, Oscar Sundquist uh, is playing in his 400th career game tonight. Yeah. Uh, Nick Letty needs four points to reach 400 for his career. Okay. Jacob Vrana needs one assist to be the hundredth of his career. Okay. So watch out for those things. You yeah. want to hear some flames milestones sure, before we move dude. on? Yeah, give, give them to me. Uh, Jonathan Huberto needs seven points. Maybe he gets it tonight <laughs> to reach 700 for his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many career goals do you think Michael Backlund has? Uh, 220. Okay. 220. How many career goals he has? Yeah. He's got to have more than that. Yeah, I want to say that, like he's played. He's got to be close to three hundred, three fifty. No, th- no, three ten. He needs five goals to reach two hundred for his career. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I know. Do you think he'd score a lot more than that? Mm. Well, he wasn't a big scorer yeah, in well, the first half of his career. He'd get like 30, 40 points a year. Uh, and uh, Andrew Majapani needs three assists to reach a hundred for his career. Good for him. Uh, and and I like this arbitrary number. Uh, most goals since January 9th. You mm-hmm. know who's second in the NHL? Yegor Sharangovich. Mm. Yeah, and Matthews go. only did it because he is number one because he scored a hat-trick against yep. the Flames. Matthews is <laughs> yep. number one with eight goals. Uh, Flames and uh, Blues tonight will be all over it tomorrow. Unfortunately, the Cobra can't join us tomorrow. Yep. He has a, a family engagement he yes. has to attend to, so he can't join us tomorrow. But he'll be back on Friday after we break down the Jackets and Flames. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we're going to play Flames Hot Seat. For the first time since December. Whoop, whoop. Where um, myself, Maddie, and the Cobra, Brent Cron, and Patrick dives in too. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we ingest like really eating. hot sauces. And then we give hot flames takes and discuss them. It's a lot of fun. And apparently it's going to get uh, recorded on the old, uh, with a camera. With a video? Yeah, it'll be tripod. on video. A, tri- yeah. a tripod. Mm. A good static shot okay. of us eating hot sauces. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a little bit of a you know something dynamic as well. Yeah, if we so do that, we, we need to discuss. Whatever. Are we getting? Are we going to get different hot sauces? We could just go with the collection that we have. I think we oh, got yeah, I guess six we... of them upstairs, plus that 
you know, liquid poison or whatever it was called. Oh, the one we didn't try. Yeah, the the one with the black death. bottle that looked really scary. The yeah, one. the one that it's like <laughs> wear gloves when you use it because yeah. it'll burn through your skin. Yeah, don't touch your eyes because you'll have to go to the hospital. I don't know. I just made that part up. <laughs> you probably would. You probably would. You probably would. I don't I think would. that's too out of trip down to like, Schumer. It's wouldn't, not uh, too crazy. Wouldn't be a worst idea. All right, let's do our uh, lock of uh, the day. It's brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes, cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located at 50th Avenue Southeast. Um, this one's easy for me. This is a layup. My lock of the day is a layup. It's just one of those. If I was like Victor Webanyama's size, mm-hmm. and by the way, Kyle Lowry got traded. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that before we say goodbye. I don't think anybody really cares. <laughs> but uh, Victor Webanyama, this is a layup for him. I am taking the under in the Flames Blues game tonight. It's six and a half. That's going way under tonight. The total's gone under in seven of Calgary's last 10 games at home. It'll be Jordan Bennington, who's playing really great hockey lately, and Jacob Markstrom, I would assume, is back in goal for the Flames. Give me under six and a half goals. That is a layup, Matty Rose. That's my lock of the day, GVP. Hell yeah. Love the final it. score, Flames nine, Blues eight. I uh, I don't have anything in the Flames game for you. Okay. I don't have any... Uh, Props that I love. Well, my, my book has not been showing props lately. I'm not very happy with them. So here's what I got. There's a 5 o'clock game. I'm thinking if you're a Flames fan, you can maybe check out this early tilt. See if this bet cashes and then enjoy the Flames after it. Uh, the Senators and the Canadiens play tonight. Just an awful matchup. <laughs> Terrible. I am taking the Senators to win the first period on a three-way. Okay. Uh, they have 48 goals scored in the first period, which is their best period of all three. The Canadiens have 31 goals for in the first and 41 against. They got a minus 10 differential in the first period. The Ooh. Senators have hit this a few times of late, and 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 they met back on January 18th. Senators led 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. So I'm taking the Sens to lead after 20 minutes of play against the Canadiens. Okay. Patrick, where are you going? Uh, we're going to go out uh, to La La Land. Uh, it's the Battle of L.A. between the Clippers and the Lakers mm. tonight. Uh, Clippers playing maybe some of the best ball in the NBA right now. Kawhi Leonard playing some of his best ball in a long time. He's healthy. Uh, Clippers are favored by nine. I like the Clippers to cover that. Woo. Big spread, but the Clippers, they've been playing super good. Lakers, they're a mess, man. Uh, Clippers cover that at minus nine. No LeBron James. No tonight, LeBron either. either. So yeah, LeBron James. All right, GVP, where are you going? Uh, I'm gonna go to the Flames and Blues here as well. I got a player prop. Uh, I'm gonna go to Mackenzie Weger over two and a half shots on goal. Had a great game against the Edmonton Oilers where he put up six in that game. I, I expect more some good play out of the weak dog today. I got him over two and a half on shots. All right. There it is. Our locks of the day brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes. Cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue, Southeast. Um, NBA trade, uh, before we say goodbye here, uh, Kyle mm. Lowry. Uh, Terry Rogier headed to the Hornets uh, for Kyle Lowry and a first-round pick. Uh, the pick is there's some protections involved. Yeah, But this is one of those moves where the Heat get better with a younger guard. 
And um, yeah, Kyle Lowry's going to go to Charlotte, which he wants no part of, and they're just going to buy him out, and then he'll sign with a contender. Makes uh, sense. Woj said they're going to try and trade him before they buy him out. I mean, I mean that's that's fair. You yeah, try but get why an would asset. any team give an asset when they can just buy when they can just sign him? They'll try. Yeah, they'll try. Something depends. Like the point guard. Yeah, if there's a couple of teams that want it, all of a sudden you try and get a little bit of a bin war and say, hey, it's not going to cost you a lot. But, but I wonder if uh, uh, reuniting with Nick Nurse in Philadelphia. Really? Going home makes okay. sense for him. All right. Yeah, they're really good, too. They're, 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 really good. they're a title contender. Embiid was just ridiculous last night, scoring 70 points. That American is apple pie, Joel Embiid, going to play for Team <laughs> USA at the Olympics. <laughs> hey? Yeah. Good old stars and stripes, yes, Joel sir. Embiid, playing for the Olympics. Oh, sir, can you what do you got coming up on Mucho Big Show? Uh, sorry. What? Tyson Upper. Uh, UFC uh, Dinos keeping that game going. The Kirk Child Classic here tomorrow. Mm. No love for the Cougs, hey? The Cougs didn't come calling. Unbelievable. That's all on them. Send out your note to your people. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. All right. <laughs> Wherever you get your favorite uh, podcast. You should follow us on X. <laughs> This again, formerly eh? known as Twitter. Nobody yeah. followed me yesterday. Maddie's uh, account is Matt <laughs> Rose YYC. Oh, yeah. Matt Rose YYC. Yep. Is it? Yep. Oh, okay. Nailed it. Uh, yours is Patrick uh, Dumal underscore. Yes. Yes. And uh, oh, damn it. Yours is uh, at GVP. Garrett underscore GVP. Damn it. That's there rude. was another Garrett Vanderplug. That's redundant. On I Twitter? I also wouldn't put Vanderplug. You kidding me? How do you spell that? No, but I mean, there was another person with your name on Twitter? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Because <laughs> you know when you fill it out and it says, hey, that somebody yeah. has your name? Uh-huh. I guess. All right. I guess so. Okay. Cool. Shout out to that guy then. All right. Apple, Google, <laughs> Spotify, Amazon, or forget your favorite <laughs> podcatcher. Shout out to that guy. I want I want right? to end our show with like, giving see. that, that social media. Van Vonder... No, Pluga. Vonda. Yeah. Um, Vonda. No results. Not Google, a single Spotify, one. Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Rate and review, I guess, if you want to. Subscribe. That would be cool. Yeah, leave, uh, leave a review. Sure. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll break down the Flames and Blues game, which I think is going to just be a rocking chair under. Because if uh, any indication from the game earlier in the season, it was a snooze fest. Uh-huh. Hopefully there's a lot more action tonight. That was like three months ago. It was. It was like maybe, all maybe, of November, all of December, and most of January. So there's like three months. So maybe, you'd, you'd hope that there's like a little bit of a different heartbeat, a little bit of a different vibe. Maybe maybe we see a Joel Embiid-like performance tonight in this game. Who's going to throw up a 70-burger? Yeah, Let me m- see it. Maybe Jonathan Huberto scores five goals. Maybe it's and Robert somebody Thomas. Wins a million dollars. Maybe he scores seven here. points, gets to 700. Maybe. That would be great. Yeah, what a milestone. Cool. Maybe Mac- Michael Backlund scores five goals to get to 200 on his career. Whoa, that would be Wouldn't wild. that be a nice little package oh. as somebody wins a lot of money from a grocery store? <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a terrific Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.